As a leader in advanced HVAC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness, with a focus on personal comfort and prosperous communities. Mitsubishi offers a variety of indoor options, including high-wall floor mount, duct handlers, and extremely popular one-way ceiling cassette. Climate systems are great for a single room or the entire home, providing 100% capacity to minus 5 degrees. A full range of control options including Wi-Fi, touchscreen, and thermostats, and simple remotes are available to meet every customer's needs. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. For more information, go to MitsubishiComfort.com. Dustin Flatten, co-owner and president of Active Heating in Waterton, South Dakota, is married to Jennifer and has two children, Max and Wilkes. Outside of work, he enjoys golf, hunting, and spending time with his family. Welcome, Dustin. Good morning. Mark Madison here on Books and People. This morning, I'm delighted to have Dustin Flatten on the line. Dustin, how are you? I'm doing great this morning. Thanks, Mark. What's the weather like in South Dakota? Well, it is cold, and there's plenty of snow on the ground this time of year. <laughs> How cold is it? Well, you called uh, when it was warm, when, on a warm day. It's 18 degrees today, and uh, a couple weeks ago, it was 50 below wind chill. So, wow, it feels like a sauna. It's only an absence of heat. That's right. So I was trying to remember uh, where did we meet initially, Mark? We met. When I was able to, you know, the first time I hear, heard you speak was at a plumbing, heating wholesale convention in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And then I got the opportunity to actually meet you when you came and spoke at a Johnstone's um, event. And yes, that's where it kind of kicked off. Gosh, that was six, seven years ago. Yeah, it was. And uh, that was in Sioux Falls. That's correct. Uh, and I remember. I remember thinking this is a bright young guy. That was my first impression of you. <laughs> well, thank How you. How did you get started in this business? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. I actually went to school for uh, public accounting and I got my CPA license and I, was, I studied public accounting and um, that's where my career kind of started. And my father-in-law owned a heating and air conditioning business, uh, Active Heating in Watertown, South Dakota, which is where I uh, where I am now. And, you know, we were out hunting in Alaska with my brother-in-law and my father-in-law back in, it would have been 2009. And they asked if I would like to become partners in, in the company. And, you know, I, I really had never considered becoming part of the family company. And, but, but when they asked, I, I definitely thought about it a lot, prayed a lot it prayed about it and, and, you know, talked it over with my wife and we decided to do this. Um, so that's kind of how I got into the business. I, I married, business, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so was your father-in-law one of your mentors? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't, you don't realize it until a little bit later sometimes just how much of a mentor he was and, and continues to be for me. Now, your uh, brother-in-law is your business partner. That's right. Yeah. And 
you guys have been working together since 2009. Who else were your mentors? I mean, he's a really bright guy too. I mean, you guys make a great team, but uh, who were some other mentors coming up? Well, I think, um, again, I'm going to start with uh, my baseball coach in college who was uh, a mentor to me. Um, kind of interesting story. I, I never, th at the time, I, I wasn't expecting uh, all the all the things I received from him. Um, I was on the committee actually to hire uh, I'm going to, his name is Jeff Holm. So I was one of the players and one of the captains on the committee to hire him. And actually I, I voted not to hire him because, because I thought maybe he, he wasn't like any of my other coaches. He was very cheerful. He was very positive and, and always had a bubbly attitude. And, and at that time in my life, I thought you had to be real serious about the game, right. To, to know what you're doing. Well, I, I learned very quickly that that's not the case. Um, he actually excelled in caring about people and getting the best out of people. I don't. I don't think we had the best baseball team um, in the conference the, the year we we won it. I think we had the best leadership, and it really taught me a lot about leadership, about caring for people, and um, really it taught me that life is 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 about relationships. For Jeff Holm, it was more than baseball. It was much more than baseball. I think. I think baseball was just an, an avenue to reach people because, you know, he's not coaching baseball anymore. But every time you go with him somewhere, it, it's like you're with a celebrity. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. So, if he ran for political office, he'd probably be mayor of Watertown, right? No, oh, he could be in a second. You bet. <laughs> My son's college coach is like that in Anchorage, Alaska. He just is so connected. He just knows everybody and everybody knows him. Uh, so let me ask you this. You know, I've been to South Dakota, I don't know, five or six times now. Why are people in South Dakota so kind? Well, <laughs> I just, I think it's just the way we were, were raised. Um, and, you know, you, you asked me about how cold it is today in, in South Dakota. So you always ask yourself when you're out shoveling, why do I live here? And uh, the only answer I can ever get back to is it's because of the people. Um, right. It's a, it's a safe place to be. Um, people honor their word. And uh, that's just, it almost makes it a lot easier to do business because um, people are loyal. And as, as long as you treat them well, they're going to treat you well. You and I had talked about the value of service agreements. And uh, one of the things I said was, how many do you have? And he said, well, we don't have that many. We just have uh, people's word. Mm -hmm. And I went, what? But in the other 49 states, that's just not the case. You might get away with it in North Dakota. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe <laughs> ND. Yeah, right. Up in, up there in Bismarck. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it is kind of funny because um, it, it is really about a, a, a person's word. And we just have, we have agreements. We have agreements that... Uh, we're going to do a good job and, and earn and earn your, our keep. And, and we continue to have people come back year after year and, and stay loyal to our company. How has your background as a CPA helped in the business? Um, it, it's, it's actually helped a lot, actually. Um, I also have a, a business degree because it kind of goes hand in hand with a, with an accounting degree, but you know, ever since I was little, I, I, I always was doing things. I was, I was 
selling things and making things. And I, I was an entrepreneur probably at the age of seven. Um, and, and I just, I've always liked business uh, and, and it's not necessarily specifically what type of business, but um, when I was doing accounting, it, it gave me a lot of, oh, a lot of different varieties of businesses and seeing what, what different types of businesses were out there and the, the different struggles maybe that one business would have or, or another. And, uh, you know, having some of that tax background too is, is very important to, to, so you don't get yourself in trouble. Maybe it helps, helps me, helps me recognize what questions to ask more than anything. There's research that indicates that who you are at five to seven years old is who you're going to be the rest of your life. Do you think that's true? I think it's got some, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of things are learned. There's, there's room for growth all the time, but I think everybody has some, some natural strengths. And uh, for me, I think uh, it worked out that way. And your business partners kind of has the opposite set of skills, right? I mean, you guys are, uh, make a great yeah. team, but he has opposite skill sets. He is. He went to school to be an HVAC technician. So ever since he was born, his dad had owned uh, active heating. So he was always surrounded by the heating and air conditioning business. And I think he saw, you know, what opportunities that that provided for his family and um, decided to go to school for HVAC. And, you know, he's really good in the field. He's, he's good with customers. He really knows his HVAC stuff, right? Well, that's more of, the, that's more of what I don't know as much of. And so I think that's probably what makes it work the best is that we complement each other and we're, we trust each other to, to do our own jobs. And, you know, it, it's kind of like South Dakota. It's, it's a handshake. It's trust. And, and we, we know that we're both going to do our best for the company and we, we gotta be, we get out of each other's way and, and know when it's better suited for the other person. And that seems to work out well. Yeah, there's an adage, and actually I wrote about this, and it's about time, is uh, what's the best and highest use of your time? Mm -hmm. You know, and if you spend 80% of your time at work doing the things that, you you know, soaring with your strengths and delegating your weaknesses. So what are your weaknesses? What are, you, what are the things that you delegate? Well, you know, one of our employees just a couple of years ago actually gave me, it, it was the top of a beer bottle. And what it represented is the bottleneck, right? So my tendency sometimes as an accountant is to bottleneck things because I want to <laughs> analyze them before making decisions. Right. Um, and actually, it was really good. I, I knew it, but it was a good eye opener. We laughed about it. Uh, but it did teach me a lot. It, it taught me that, you know, to hire good people and, and trust them and get out of the way and let them do their jobs. But trust and verify is, is kind of one of those things. And I think our business has grown a lot because I'm learning to do that. Um, really surrounding ourselves with really good management so that, and realizing that I don't have to do everything. Right. Um, and, and also realizing that you're, you're not necessarily the best person. I think sometimes as a business owner, what you have going for you is when you have the skin in the game, right? So you really, you really give things your best effort. And, and when it's, when that when that really impacts your bottom line, I think you pay a little bit more attention. So so I, I think a lot of business owners have a hard time delegating because maybe they think that that it's not just going to get the attention that it that it deserves. But 
sometimes you it keeps you from doing what you should be doing, right? right. You might be doing a great job of doing that, but um, I think there's the 80% rule. If, if somebody else can do it 80% as well, then you should delegate. Well, it, it makes sense. You, your margins might go down a little bit, but your gross profit, your gross profit goes up a lot. And, and in, in the end, hopefully you have a better bottom line for it. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of learning that way. One of the things I hear uh, small contractors who want to grow and find themselves stuck hitting a ceiling is if you want to do it right, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. They just don't know how to delegate or they won't delegate one of the two. Yep. So you, you found that delegating is one of the keys to your success. It is. It is definitely one of the keys to, the, to your success. I think you do have to be very conscious about who you're delegating to, right. but um, I, there, there's a lot of people out there that are very smart. And, and uh, when you learn that, it's best not to be the smartest person in the room, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, better than you at certain jobs and, and get out of their way. Just, you know, give them, give them the, the freedom to, to work and, and give them some direction. Uh, your business will take off. There's a, Oh, by the way, we're really thankful for uh, Kalen DeBoer, the football coach at the university of Washington. So thank you for sending them our way. Oh, you bet. Uh, when he going 11 and two, his first year from a four and eight start the year before. Uh, but one of the previous coaches at the University of Washington was a guy named Don James, and there's a statue of him out in front of Husky Stadium. And I had several conversations with him while he was still alive. And one of the things he said was, I try to find uh, coaches who want my job. And he said, so I hire the very best and brightest I can find, knowing that they're only going to be with me for a while, but I'll eventually help them, you know, find a job, you know, a head coaching job somewhere else. And he put more coaches and quarterbacks in the NCA and in the NFL than any other coach of his era. And, and again, it came back to, I, I want to find ambitious young men who want my job. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I'm hearing you say is you, you're attracting, finding and, and retaining the best people you can possibly find. That, that is, that is correct. And that their strengths are your weaknesses. So when you delegate those things to them, Right. They soar. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think when uh, my father-in-law and brother-in-law asked me to come on board here at Active Heating that they ever dreamt we'd have a, another CPA on staff. <laughs> but we do because, frankly, I I don't have the time to do all those things that are needed. And right. uh, it's worked out really well. So you have your partner has a famous relative. Um, which one? Well, we met the governor of South Dakota when we were having dinner one night. We did meet the governor of South Dakota, yeah. And you know, how, how how are you guys connected? You know, actually, um, they're they're not um, they're not actually related. Oh, but, okay. The, but just I would say friends. They live they're, they're, actually they're a customer of ours. They live very close to Watertown here. Um, over the years, we've just. It seems like in South Dakota, everybody knows everybody, unless you're in, you know, the bigger, the real big communities. Right. Um, she's very outgoing. Our, our governor is, is Christy No. Uh, I, yep. I personally think she does a great job. Um, nobody's going to agree with everything a governor does, no matter what. So that's a really tough position, knowing that you're going to go in um, half people liking what you do and half people not. But, you know, she she always comes back. We It's funny. We see her at sporting events, local high right. school events. Uh rodeos all rodeos everywhere <laughs> you go and and um 
it, it's funny because you know i think when you when most places most states when you do that you know people would just flock around that person where uh here in general people give her freedom let her just be a person right so yeah. that makes her also very approachable when when you do see her out at a restaurant and you can say hi and um yeah it's very interesting well i struck up a conversation with her husband and we were talking about shoes because i asked him you know were the shoes he was wearing were they were they uh, Johnstone or Murray or were they Cole or whatever? And so we were talking about shoes. And then she walked up. And she goes, what are you guys talking about? I said, we're talking about shoes. She goes, two men talking about shoes. Now there's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> she is, and I, you know, and then I, as a result of meeting her, I, I ordered a book and I devoured it. And then I listened to it on audio. She's amazing. And some people are saying that she might be a presidential candidate down the road. Yeah. Well, she very well could be, uh, I think she's gotten a lot of momentum lately, especially with COVID and, and how she um, how she led her state through that. Right. Yeah. And she she has a hero that's one of my heroes, Teddy Roosevelt. And yep. th those two have a lot in common. It's interesting after reading her book and having read numerous books about TR. Uh, and you know, she told me that he she's that he's one of her heroes. Well, I think if anybody read his book, I think he would be a hero to uh, most anyone, or should be. Well, my personal opinion is he was the greatest president we ever had. I mean, he spoke five languages. He wrote 50,000 letters. He wrote 31 books. He helped build a, the Suez Canal. He signed 116 million acres of uh, national forest into law. I mean, what he did in the short time he was president was amazing. It kind of... It kind of gets rid of all the excuses that everybody has. <laughs> yeah, it's not the critic that counts. Them, yeah. It's the man who's actually in the arena whose face is marred with dust and sweat and blood. Love that yep. guy. So speaking <laughs> of books, what books inspired you? Well, and I don't think you brought me on the podcast here, Mark, to uh, necessarily uh, to, to, to toot your horn, but actually the first book that really inspired me, Mark, was, was yours. And some of it was, I think it caught me at the right time in life. Um, when I when I first met you and heard you speak, and then I think that day I bought all the books that you had at that time was maybe four or five of them. Um, there were simple lessons that just kind of motivated me to to read more, um, and and that's what really kind of started it. So I'm going to say that your book was one of the biggest motivations to me, the, the Freedom from Fear book. Um, wow. The cool the cool thing about that book is is I have a 12-year-old that I probably a 10-year-old, when he was 10, I started reading to him. And, and I read to both of my boys your books, and, and they they were able to get things out of them, even at that young age. And mm. hopefully it, and it also inspires them to read. But really, when you, what you taught me was you will be the same person um, in five years, except for the people you meet and the books you read. And yeah. that really stuck with me. And uh, ever since I read your books, I've, I've read countless more and thank goodness for audible because then it makes my drive time productive <laughs> too so yeah i call it windshield university it's uh, yes. i'm an alumni of that esteemed college it's uh i think it was 1989 i i caught the the audio tape bug and now i don't drive if i'd have a drive longer than half an hour 45 minutes i listen to a book uh well that's really kind of you i appreciate that but i was really impressed with your son because when we did uh a seminar recently you brought him he's all of what 12 years old yeah and he was sitting in the front row taking notes i was just really impressed 
He's so that leads me to my next question. Book. Do you see What's any that? of your kids? Do you see any of your kids joining you in the business? Um, I think possibly. It, it's been it's been uh, interesting. You know, my youngest, I think, uh, I could see him doing that. My oldest has definitely the dreams of going off to school and and becoming a professional bass fisherman is his dream. Um, but what's interesting there is, you know, he's doing some, he's getting ready for the Bassmasters high school circuit. And in, in doing that, you, part of what we're doing is we're putting together business plans. We're putting together, um, budgets. We're putting together marketing plans to go out and, and get sponsors and, and everything like that. And it's been really fun working with him doing that. And I think he's actually enjoying that, that part of the business type stuff too. So we'll see. Um, I didn't think business was his thing until we started doing this and I got to learn a lot more about him. And um, I think he got to learn a lot more about, you know, what business is, is really like. So dad's not chopped liver. He actually knows a few things. Well, I, I try to, you know, you have to spoon feed it. You got to be easy, ease into that. Right. But yeah. <laughs> well, with your son with bass fishing and my sons with basketball, I found that at a certain point when they got to be 14, 15, I had to find uh, outside voices. So I hired Swen Nader and John Lucas and a few other guys to work with my boys because at some point, by the time they get to 15 or 16, they kind of turn turn you <laughs> off because you're just dad. Yeah. Right. But it yep. sounds like you got a great relationship with them. I do. I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed to have two boys that, um, I, I think they're, uh, they're proud. They're, they're proud to have me as their dad. And, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Well, the greatest, the, the greatest three words in the English language is I love my dad, you know, and uh, yep. my kids say it pretty much every time I talk to them. And now my grandkids are saying it and that just melts your heart. I mean, just uh, to me, that's just, it's, it's worth all the tea in China. So yeah. let me let me ask you this: Where do you see your business in five years? Well, I mean, you you've been expanding, right? You have yeah. two locations now. We do, and actually, just eight days ago, we 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 officially purchased a plumbing company, and um, so we're expanding through uh, bringing on other business lines too. So, uh, in five years, we will will hopefully you know, have, who knows, maybe, maybe electrical by then. Um, plumbing's so fresh right now that you know, people have asked, you know, are you going to bring on electric? And I said, well, let's see how plumbing goes first. Right. So I haven't technically, we haven't added that to our goal list by any means, but um, I, so, so now is our time where we're, we're recreating our, our five-year goals and really what's, what's that going to look like? You know, we brought on another partner in the plumbing uh, in the plumbing division. So we're, we're really looking to expand. Um, but really we're, we're looking to stay in just the two communities that we're in both Brookings and Watertown. Um, it's, it, expansion has been very, <clears throat> sorry, be, been very fun, rewarding and uh, challenging because one of the things that we decided to do was we we decided we're not going to work more hours overall to make it happen because if it takes time away from our family, that it's it's not worth it um we're really not doing it for the money we're you, you got to have something to look forward to something to 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 drive that drives you every morning when you wake up and, and that's why we're doing it um also to give 
opportunities to our employees because, you know, we saw some of, you know, 10 years ago, we had, we had somebody retire as a 65 year old technician. His body was wore out and we said, you know, it, it, we really need to do something to, to give people opportunity if, if they want to do something in the same trade. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but when it no, comes no, to goals, good. that's why we're doing it. Um, well, what so, I'm hearing you say is you're you're encouraging having balance, A. Yes. And the, the second piece is, you know, employees don't leave for a dollar more an hour. They leave because they ask three questions. Is it safe? Do I belong? And do I have a future? And what I'm hearing you say is for the technician that's aging, uh, he'll stay if there's a future to do perhaps something else within the organization. Yep. Yes, and, and we've already seen that, you know, already paying dividends. We've had some people getting closer to retirement age that have that have changed position within the company and have been very successful. Yeah, that's how you keep them. That's so awesome. There's a there's a ladder, right? There's a yeah. way, there's a way to climb. That's so yes. awesome. So what advice would you offer contractors? I mean, you've had some some real success and 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 again with not only profitability but balance and and keeping your employees. What advice would you offer? um delegate i would say spend the money to surround yourself with people that that'll help you help you get to your goals um you know i think a lot of people focus on uh, seeing individuals uh, managers and leaders sometimes as overhead but really um they're not if they're doing their job well they're going to, to they're going to repay dividends over and over um also, you know, focus on if you're not loving part of what you're doing, then fi find a way. There are there are ways to love what you're doing. If, if, if you're stressed out because of all the work that you have to do after hours, then look, it's probably time to to bring somebody else on to do that part of your job. Um, if you're a contractor that really likes the heating and air conditioning part in the field, hire people to do the office work. But but don't save $2 and find somebody mediocre, pay somebody, pay somebody well and get somebody in there. That's good. And then you don't have to worry about it. And you will, you will love running a business a lot more. If you do what you love, you never work another day in your life. Yeah. It's, it's, it is really about the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, you're self-employed when you call in sick, you know, you're lying. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I was writing an article one Sunday at a local coffee shop and it was like seven in the morning and I'm just typing away. And this woman looks at me and she looks at my computer and she says, you're working on a Sunday. And I said, it's Sunday. <laughs> right. I mean, that's funny. Uh, I just love what I do. And it's like, I had another person say to me, Oh, do you have to fly? Do you have to travel? And I said, no, no, no I get to, and this is a privilege. I get right. on airplanes and fly all over the world to to try to help people and and uh, it's not a it's not a have to it's a want to it's a get to it's a choose to right Mark it sounds to me like it's it's you know it's your attitude you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's also one thing I wanted to say is um, if if you're not happy with what you're doing a lot of times it's not what you're doing it's 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 how you're looking at it and it's your attitude so right. Um, some self-reflection, make time for that. It's, I know sometimes it feels like a waste of time to some people because they haven't done it before and they haven't seen the benefits of it. But um, yeah, start start becoming what you want your company to be. And, and before you know it, your company will follow you and transform into that. 
I'm in the process of writing a new book and I just finished the chapter this morning. And one of the things I said in there was, you know, this, this notion of uh, loving what you do and doing what you love and the ability to see, uh, to, to inspire others to release their potential. Right. And you do that two ways by giving them a good name, a high expectations to live up to. And the other is able example, right? My kids mm -hmm. don't listen to a word I say, but they watch every move I make, right? And by yeah. your able example, you inspire people, right? Yep, absolutely. You can't make people follow you, but you can control yourself and those that want to follow will, they'll follow, yeah. they'll see it. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting now, you know, my kids are having kids and, and Colin called me one day and he said, Hey, Dad, what was the name of that place that we camped up near the Canadian border? Uh, I said, Birch Bay. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should we should go there this summer. I said, Colin, the last time we were there, you were like 16. And all you did was complain. You said you hated it. He goes, ah, I was an idiot, Dad. I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so we think, as parents, because, you, you know, we had boys, too. You think that they're not getting it or the things aren't sticking or, you know, the messages aren't getting through. And then you realize years later some of it did stick yeah and so what you're doing with your boys how involved you are that i think that's just so awesome that's uh they're uh because in my opinion children are just rentals you know we just have them for a little while yeah you know that's why i decided you know max my oldest with the bass fishing thing that's going to take four or five days out of work four or five times a year at least and uh I had to look at it as I, I get to do that. And, yes. and I, I'm lucky that I can, I'm lucky that I can afford to do that. I'm lucky that um, I have a job where I can get away and, and do that. And I can work from work from the uh, hotel room a little bit at night or whatever, because it, it goes by quickly and we'll never get that opportunity back. And that's one of the things in the, in the last year that I've really focused on um, in, in my goals is, is living in the moment and, and don't put yourself in a situation that you don't do things because you don't have time or you can't. Because right. a, a lot of those opportunities, you just don't get back. It's, you don't get back. And they're just frost on a windshield. They're just rentals. They are. And, and so those people that are in business, maybe they're they're, they're trying to get going. Um, it's going to cost you some money in, in, in lost revenue maybe or, or whatever. But if you can do it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you have to work an extra year or two at the end of your career but you know as i get going and i'm having more fun I, retirement's not even something i'm thinking about right now no um, so hey if you have the right attitude you'll even if it doesn't work out at your job you'll you'll get another job you'll, you'll be able to do that so that's that's my advice i mean don't don't sacrifice the time you have with your family it's very short right my uh, little league baseball coach, Gus Cooper, was uh, a huge. Uh, he was a mentor. He had a huge impact on my life. And there's a memorial for his, uh, for him on Wednesday that I'm going to attend. And he was 92, but he owned three gas stations and I think a restaurant. He was a Greek guy, you know, Gus, right? And mm -hmm. he he was the guy that convinced me. Uh, we lost the state championship two to one when I was 11 years old. I played first base and. He, he said, what are you doing this winter? And I said, I don't know, watching Gilligan's Island, you know? And he said, yeah. he said, turn out for my basketball team. And I said, okay. 
right? But one of the things I admired about Gus was he took the time to coach his kids. You know, he coached him in baseball and basketball. And my father was all state in three sports, but he never coached me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that really stuck because when it was time to coach my kids, I said, yes, you know, I stepped up and I don't resent a dollar or a minute that I invested in that time. I coached for 15 years and uh, it was honestly, it was one of the most rewarding times in my life. And, and that's essentially what I'm hearing you say is you, you make the time. If you have to make it up later, you make it up later. Yep. I don't even know if I'll be here later. So, you know. <laughs> Hey, we're only guaranteed today, brother. That's right. That's all any of us have is today. Yeah. My, uh, my sister is in the final stages. Uh, she's in her last hours and uh, she has Parkinson's. I'm sorry. To hear I that. went up there last week with my wife. Yeah. And, and I told her I loved her and you know, I read her a letter. I wrote her, uh, my sister's got my back. And, and, uh, you know, as I, as I was leaving, I said to my wife, I said, you know, we're all just here for a short time. This is just, a, uh, you know, the clock's ticking for all of us. Yeah. And you're right. You know, you, you make the time to have that balance and spend time with your family. Um, so, so what does Dustin do uh, away from work for himself? Is it hunting? Is it fishing? Uh, what do you do? What are some of your passions when you're not working? Well, you know, for, for years, most of my life, I was a very avid hunter and I still, I still enjoy hunting, but I find myself not doing that as much. Um, and I think that's because my oldest takes all my decoys and he, he goes with his buddies, but <laughs> I tell him that, but where's actually, all my stuff. Know, oh, dad, I reason, it. Yeah. Yeah. The real reason is I, I've, I've taken up golfing, golfing a couple of years ago. And I've really enjoyed doing that. So that's kind of my time. Um, and then beyond that, I, I coach my youngest son's baseball team and I help with the basketball team. And uh, so those things keep me busy. And now I've become a boat captain for my oldest son's bass fishing team. Um, and then I just like, you know, I like doing things with my wife, just spending time. Um, we don't have a lot of like uh, major things that we do other than just you know, we just enjoy each other's time and we're very busy. We're always at some sort of baseball, basketball tournament or, or going to a, a bass fishing thing, but um, I, I stay really busy, but that's, that's mostly it kids, but you know, that time's coming, we'll come to an end shortly too. And then we'll have to find out what else we like to do in life. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt, when he was in the Dakotas, he called it his crowded hour. Right. And that's really what it is when you have kids and especially when you're coaching like you are, it's a crowded hour. And you think, I remember saying to my wife one day, we were coming back from Oregon and we'd made it to the championship game and it was like 10 o'clock at night and we we're driving home. And I said, are we nuts? Is this crazy? And she says, not if they get a scholarship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they did, you know, so, but I don't regret any of that time because it was just, it's just precious. And, you know, we just have them for a short time. Yep. Uh, this has been great. Uh, so good to talk to you, Dustin. I uh, I so appreciate you making the time out of your busy schedule to uh, to share some of your insights with with our listeners. Well, Mark, I, I feel honored that uh, you had me on here. And sometimes I feel like I'm repeating a lot of, you know, like a lot, I'm stealing some of your lines because you've been a mentor <laughs> to me for over the over the years. And I've learned a lot from you and I, I repeat a lot of your stuff. And um I can't tell you how many times my wife and kids tell me, 
did you learn did you hear that from mark is what they asked me did you oh. learn that from mark and that's what Mac, that's what wilkes likes to ask me <laughs> well my kid what my kids heard was your future so bright it burns my eyes you're going to go so much farther than i ever did in school sports and business and now that they're in their 30s uh, evan just got a huge promotion he was the top salesman for three years colin keeps getting promoted at amazon and Lorad's crushing his his work so you know it, it worked right yeah I, I tricked them into believing that you know they could do and become anything that they want and you're doing the same now thing with your kids and i think it's fantastic so i guess the I, we would end our that we just got a couple more minutes uh parting shots p.s what else should we know well uh, overall, I think we, we've done a really good job of covering what I was anticipating. You didn't, you didn't really uh, tell me what we were going to cover. So, um, that's by design. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know one thing you taught me. You know, this is a podcast, right? So we're we're both talking and going back and forth. But uh, one of the best values or best uh, lessons that you taught me, and and you've given me some books and books ideas that I've read is is uh, dominate the listening. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's truly, I think, where I've started to learn the most. And so we got to talk today, but I guess my advice would be uh, dominate the listening. And you've always been a good soul and a kind guy. So, you know, it wasn't here's the thing. I just laid out the buffet. You came back for seconds and thirds. So the credit goes to you. Well, you got to you got to start with you want to change the world. You got to start with yourself, right? Exactly. What kind of world would this world be if everybody in it were just like me? that's a scary thought fun. isn't it yeah yeah that is a scary thought <laughs> it's called the universal maxim well my friend as roy rogers my first mentor used to say happy trails until we and i'm looking forward to coming out back out to south dakota in what august yeah it'll be warmer then <laughs> 18 degrees yeah you have to come you have to come a couple days early we'll go bass fishing uh, you know, I've never done that, so let's put it on the list. All right. Sounds good. That's a that's a really good idea. You're on. I'll, uh, I you'll have to bait the hook and tell me what to do, but you know, I'm not much of a sportsman. <laughs> I will teach you. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Mark. As a leader in advanced HVC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness. From electric cars to electric water heaters to electric heating and cooling, the future is electric. The demand for all of our electric heat pumps have never been greater. So there's no better time to join our community of premier contractors and grow your business. Here are some of the reasons why partnering with Mitsubishi Electric is a great idea. Mitsubishi is the number one selling heat pump in America and has been the industry leader for over 35 years. Mitsubishi offers local technical support and has a network of excellent distributors. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. To find out more, contact MitsubishiComfort.com. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454, or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association, or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans. <laughs>